from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host, Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author of the book, uh, Change Your Own Your Past, Change Your Future. And the new book, What's On My Mind, the uh, man, this book is absolutely going crazy. It comes out one week from now, Building a Non-Anxious Life. One week it's going to be out. And uh, that's why I got John on here for this first segment, because this book is setting all kinds of publishing records at Ramsey and sales. It's doing really good. Apparently, there's some anxious folk out there. Yeah, can I tell you the coolest thing that's happened so far? The numbers are amazing and they're fun. Like no, no doubt about it. Making money's great and helping pe- this many people saying, "Hey, I yeah, want to help." Helping that number of people is what's important. Yeah. What's been really amazing, Dave, is um, as a part of any book sale, you send out um, galley copies, which are just for the press, right? Mm-hmm. And you know that. And it's I'm doing these interviews, podcast, 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 radio interviews from people all over the place, and we're getting done with the podcast, and they're saying. Hey, you got a second. I read this book and my wife and I sat down and had a hard conversation last night, or I just pre-ordered three of these books for my family members. And so the folks who are getting the early, early drafts of these things. Yeah. They're not being a broadcaster. They're being a person. They're, they're turning. It's, it's, it's Turn into been a human. really powerful. Um, if you turn, if you cool. turn media people into humans, this is a magical book. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's, um, it, I'm, I'm getting excited to get it out there, man. Yeah, that's cool. Anxiety is not the problem. Right. It's the symptom. It's the fire alarm going off that says something's broken. Right. And so you talk about the six choices in your daily choices in the book that we can make to, uh, you know, build a solid foundation in our life. So when something scary comes at us, we can uh, be prepared instead of overwhelmed with anxiety. Right. And most people say, where do I start? Where do I start? Where do I start? You, we've all heard of the phrase, the attention economy. I think that is a scandalously positive spin on what I like to call the distraction economy or the look over here economy. And so we've been trained for the last 25 to 50 years. If you've got a problem, it's somebody else's fault. Buy this, scroll this, um, run over here, look over here numb out Netflix it away instead of getting to the root problem. And the challenge with that is your body knows. Yeah. Your body knows it doesn't matter how nice your cars are. Your body knows you're probably about to get fired. It doesn't matter how many dates you've been on. Your body knows my marriage is falling apart. And so you have to start by choosing reality. And that's just step one, right? What is the actual state of your health? When's the last time you got a blood test? When's the last time you sat with a doctor and said, I'm not feeling great? How overweight are you? When's the last time you sat with your wife or your husband across the table and said, we're not all right. Or when your kid walks in their house and they just immediately beeline into the room and they slam their door and you just go, oh, it's those teenagers. Your body knows that's not right. That's not right. And so you have to own reality, choose reality. That's step one, right? And there's six of those choices. And we just, we pull them apart in the book and just say, hey man, here's the problem. And here's how to fix it. The good news is if you order it in the last week here before it actually comes out, for $20, you get $75 worth of free bonus items, including instant access to Dr. John's talk, Smoke, Fire, and Freedom, which he did the other day in Chicago at the Smart Conference. It was a big hit. The ebook of 
Building a Non-Anxious Life and the audio book of Building a Non-Anxious Life will also be delivered to you uh, next week when the book comes out. All of that for just twenty dollars. Uh, next uh, one week or one week and one hour later, uh, you won't be able to get those deals. As, soon, right. as soon as Tuesday the third gets here, that's uh, that's all gone. It's, it's just the book is for sale at that point. And uh, so, hey, we want to help you guys out. This is a, an important subject, and this is a fabulous treatment of an important subject. Go to RamseySolutions.com. Hit the uh, bookstore. Get the $20 book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, this week while you still can with all of the add-ons. It's a great deal. And, um, you know, we're real careful at Ramsey. We have a, a, uh, a high percentage, like 100% of our, sh- of our books are on the bestseller list. Uh, we're not a, a publishing outfit that just prints stuff and hopes something works out. We're very, very selective, very careful, and we beat the snot out of these manuscripts, these authors, the marketing plans, the whole thing to make sure that we're actually serving you guys. That way, when we bring you the next book, you know it's also going to be good. It's not we're just throwing crap out there to see if you guys will get a shovel or not. And yeah, so, I was going to say, I, I've defended two dissertations, and I'd rather do that a third one than sit in front of you guys and defend my manuscript again y'all i mean it's it's yeah it we're, we're, the well, we, we believe to be unclear is to be unkind y'all are very so clear we're very kind very clear. <laughs> we're very kind i think you're wrong Deloney. no i love uh, it man this, it, this iron really, this iron, really man. sucks you need to get to the point that's here. right iron sharpens iron wow could you have said this in one page instead of 114 <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it's a, it's a it's a refinement process. But you end up with a book that's clean and very clear and direct, which is the opposite of and most helpful. of the publishing industry. Yeah, and helpful. Yeah. And you know, we're not just throwing stuff out there on paper to see if it'll work. Paper's too dead gum expensive <laughs> to do that. So RamseySolutions.com slash store. You can hit the bookstore there, uh, the store with all of our stuff in it, and pre order this new book, Building a Non Anxious Life. You got one week to do it and get all of the goodies so your hope for this when someone reads it is what my hope is someone who reads this the first thing they do is they feel not alone and mm. um i think most of us are spinning out in our own minds in our own cars um in our own behind our own headphones thinking we're the only ones feeling like this that our marriages are the only ones like this so i want people to read this book and not feel alone and i want to provide a picture um, i tell a lot of stories from calls i've had and my own personal life oh dude i'm not the only one and the second one is i want people to have a roadmap just to do something different. Their parents did the best they could. They just had a limited amount of tools in their toolkit. The culture's telling them a completely disastrous other thing to do. This is a roadmap to build a life um, that, quite frankly, you deserve it. You deserve that peace in your life. Because, oh, man, life's hard. Life's hard. And so on those moments that when life's not just slapping you around, and it's a map, it's a, it's a guide, it's a roadmap. Now, I think you might actually discover that your Facebook friends aren't real friends. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or you might discover Which might that, be a revelation for some of you. I don't Facebook know. Facebook friends would actually meet with you for coffee or for a drink or for some nachos if you'd actually just say, hey, date and time, here's where I'm going to be. Maybe. Or maybe not. Maybe you'd realize, oh, they're not for real. Yeah. Uh, I need to do something different. You might realize my marriage is better than I thought it was. And while things are good, we can start playing for... The next stage is coming. And if right. you think they're really good friends, so let's just have a COVID thing and see if they show up. Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You'll find out who's real <laughs> real fast. Real fast. Real fast. <laughs> uh, all right. Building a non-anxious life. Dr. John Deloney at Ramsey. One week to go, guys. Go get it. At RamseySolutions.com. Don't miss out. Thanks, John. This is The Ramsey Show.
Fake it till you make it. It's popular career advice, but it doesn't work for very long. If you don't love what you do, you can't fake the enthusiasm and energy you need to win at work. You also can't fake your physical health and energy. Everybody knows we should eat more fruits and veggies, but fruit chews and veggie tips don't count. If you aren't winning physically, I promise you're limiting your opportunities to win professionally. Folks, I know you're going hard right now to pay off debt and get ahead professionally. You need another gear, and that's why Balance of Nature will help you. They help me. They give me the benefits of fresh, whole fruits and veggies in just seconds. The blend of 31 different fruits and veggies is powdered in an advanced process that locks in the nutrients. So go to balanceofnature.com and enter the promo code RAMSEY to get 35% off your first order and lock in a lifetime price as a preferred customer. That's balanceofnature.com with the promo code RAMSEY for 35% off your first order. Welcome back to the Ramsey Show. We're glad you're here, America. Thank you for joining us. Sarah is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Um, so I have a two-part question. Um, the first part of my question is, um, at what baby steps do I um, figure out if I get term life insurance? Um, I'm a single mom to two daughters. Um, and then the second part of that question is if it's worth it to me, um, just based on the fact that, um, the other parent, um, my daughter's father and I are no longer together. Um, and there's a history of domestic violence. So I don't necessarily trust what will be done with life insurance and my parents don't live in the country. Um, so I'm just wondering if that's a viable option for me. And what baby step I would incorporate that to. Okay. It's not a baby step. It's a now. Sure, it's, sorry. Um, it, it does what, not go in a baby yeah. step. Okay. The life insurance okay. is a purchase out of your budget immediately. What baby step do you put car okay. gasoline in? Not a baby step. You put it in your budget. You yeah. need car gasoline to run your car. You need to take care of your children if something happens to you. And so life mm-hmm. insurance is an immediate purchase for you. So who okay. is going to take care of the children if you were to pass away? Um, their father. Um, I thought he had he, domestic violence issues. Yeah, he still has custody um, due to the fact that the domestic violence is against me and not my children. Um, so oh, that's encouraging. Really it was life. just you. Yeah. I feel so much yeah, better. It was just me. Yeah. That's sarcastic. Um, they did oh, my gosh. Visitation for two months and then they deemed him fit. So, in the event that I've passed, um, unfortunately, they would go to him, and as someone who has filed bankruptcy twice, um, I don't trust what he will do with that money. No, he doesn't get the money. He gets the kids. Right. Okay. So there is, if I were to go and speak to someone, there is a way to you would leave. You would like have the beneficiary insurance. of your life insurance be a trust, and the trust would be managed by a trustee which is um, someone you select that you trust with money and to do your wishes. And the trust would say something like, uh, the children can have the income off of the investment. What do you make a year? About $48,000. Okay, so if you had a $500,000 policy and you instructed the trust to invest that in mutual funds and it made $50,000 a year, that would replace mm-hmm. the income that you've created. You probably don't need that much because hypothetically, this guy's actually going to feed these children anyway. So, but you know, let's just say that mm-hmm. you did a uh, uh, forty-eight thousand. Okay, so four thousand dollars a month, 
If it made four thousand mm-hmm. dollars a month, you could distribute that to him as child support, and he gets a monthly income from to take care of the children for the good of the children, as long as he is taking care of the children. He, he you know, the money goes where the kids are. So, if the kids get uh, the state comes and takes them because he commits domestic violence on them, then the money would just be mm-hmm. you would instruct the trust to keep the money and build it up for when they're an adult. Okay, that makes sense. But Thank you don't you give much. him fifty thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars. Correct. Yeah. You give him monthly uh, income to help feed the children because he's not capable of even managing his own money. So we need to send some money over there for food. What a disaster! This is not yeah. ide- This is not. This is not fun for me. I don't. I don't love the idea of the kids going over there, and I really don't go, love the idea of the kids going over there with money, but I would rather them go over there with money than without money. Yeah. Um, it's not been a fun four years for sure. Yeah. So, like, if God forbid something were to happen, I'd How old are the children? Sure they're, they're five and seven. They're pretty young. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, that's my concern, and my parents don't live in the United States. Um, so I wouldn't be able to make them like a executor. They they could, they could be, they can be a trustee. They they don't have to be a U.S. citizen to be a trustee. They can be, they can be in charge of the money. Okay. They could be in charge of the money. Yeah. You could leave them as the trustee. Okay. It could be someone who does not live in the country necessarily. That was my other concern was. Doesn't matter. They're not a U.S. citizen. Okay. They don't have to be. Okay. They're managing money on behalf of a trust, not on behalf of themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you go to mamabearlegalforms.com, you mm-hmm. can get a what's called a family trust form and get a will. And the will says that the money is going to and then buy a life insurance policy from Xander Insurance and make the beneficiary of the life insurance, meaning where the money goes upon your death, the name of that trust, the Sarah Trust, I'll call it, mm-hmm. okay? And it's there, the, the big chunk of money, whether it's three, $400,000 is about all it needs to be here, uh, goes into that and then instruct your parents to invest the money as the trustees and to disperse a certain amount of money per month to him as child support. Okay. And as, if he no that longer is managing the children, the trust no longer sends the money to him. Okay. So if he were to, well, I guess this is hypothetical. We don't know. Okay. So, I mean, would your parents take the children if they could? If they could, they would. Um, obviously, okay. being from a different country, myself included, um, it's a bit trickier. Um, I've entertain the idea of moving back home but um he would not allow it but i think in a hypothetical where his back was in a corner um and they were my parents would be willing to yeah um take them yeah so i mean i want to stipulate a bunch of things there that as long as they and if they end up taking care of the children because the state takes the kids from him at some point then they would mm-hmm. also be receiving the money from this trust. I want to make sure these kids are taken care of. That's all we're doing here. Okay. So okay. The, the purpose okay. of life insurance is to replace the care through money that you give your family. And so if a guy's making, you know, a hundred thousand dollars a year and his family is eating out of that, he needs a million dollars in life insurance because a million invested at 
making 10% would be $100,000 a year. We've replaced that guy if he dies. We replace the income that he's creating. We replace the guy, but we replace the income that he's creating that sets him up to be able to win or sets the kids to be able, the family that's remaining up to be able to win financially and um, not, not make more money than they would have made with him here, but at least replace what he was doing. In your case, Sarah, she, what she was doing, re- replace what you are doing to care for these children income-wise because your ex is obviously not responsible enough to send you money over there, so you're taking care of these kids. Um, he's not responsible enough with money. He's not responsible enough with his own emotions. Uh, this is just not a good guy. There's nothing in this story that sounded exciting to me for him. Oh, uh, I'm so sorry. Sorry you're facing all that, but Mama Bear Legal Forms, get your will and trust in place. Xander Insurance, get three dollars $400,000 in uh, life insurance. It's not very expensive. It's about the cost of a pizza, and you can make that fit in your budget, especially as you get out of debt and start to have more and more margin. So God bless you, honey. Sorry what y'all have been through over there. Open phones here at 888-825-5225. Some of the most courageous people in the world are those that are the other side of a domestic violence situation. And I'm an old redneck hillbilly. I don't even like the phrase domestic violence. It makes something extremely horrible and rage-inducing sound very lame. It's not lame at all. It changes family trees. It changes a tree. It puts a curse on a family that is unbelievable, that can only be broken by the power of God. I mean, it is a, it is a nasty mess when somebody's engaging in that stuff. And sadly, in the world we're in, we get to see it fairly often. And it just still just, I'm, I'm just an old redneck. It just pisses me off. It's that simple. This is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. Ken Coleman Ramsey personality is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. In the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage, Charlie and Katie are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, we're doing well, thanks. Better than we deserve. I hear you. (laughs) Welcome, guys. Where do y'all live? We live in Chandler, Arizona, which is a suburb of Phoenix. Absolutely. Good to have y'all. Welcome to Nashville. So you're KTSA listeners, maybe? No? No. You didn't listen to us on the radio there? Okay. Because that's one of our biggest radio stations. We just watched on YouTube. Yeah. Also YouTube. YouTubers. All right. That'll go. Well, YouTubers will like Ken's sweater today. 
Yes, and so so does Baskin Robbins, and so uh, oh, Dave with the jokes. Uh, This is going to be good. It's going to be a good show today. Good day. Yes, it's going to be fun. I can just tell. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, how much debt did you pay off? We paid off three hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars. Three hundred and thirty. How long did this take? Sixty months. Wow. And your range of income during that five years? Started at two hundred thousand and ended at two hundred ninety-two thousand. Whoa! What do y'all do for a living? I'm a registered nurse. I guess you are. And I'm a financial advisor. Of course you are. That's perfect. What a great combination. Two great careers, obviously doing very well at them. 335000 Did you pay off your house? We did. Uh Uh-oh. You're weird people. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Very cool. So what's this house worth? It's about (laughs) 800000 Of course it is. And Mr. Financial Advisor, how much is in your investments? About 900000 with about 50000 in precious metals and cryptocurrency. I love it. So here we go. Other than $50,000, you have been really smart. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, guys. I love it, man. So a million seven, right? Yeah, net worth. And how old are you guys? I'm 49. I'm 52. And you did this by 50 years old. Wow, look at you. I'm so proud of y'all. Way to go. That's Thank so you. fun. Okay, tell us what happened. What started this journey with the paying off the house thing five years ago? Yeah, so Dave, our journey really started back in 2012. Um, after about 10 years of marriage, unfortunately, we found ourselves in the middle of a divorce. Uh-oh. And uh, Yep. And as you can imagine, that's a pretty difficult thing to go through. You too? Yes, sir. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, and uh, at that point, a good friend of mine had recommended a, uh, a ministry that you may be familiar with called Divorce Care. Absolutely. And I went through Divorce Care, and uh, they teach you about things like how to deal with anger and loneliness and depression and all of the fun things that go with the train, train wreck called divorce. And as a part of that, um, you're in one of the segments, actually. Yeah. <laughs> in one of the versions for financial peace talking about things like how to stay out of credit card debt and use a budget wisely and things of that sort. So the program was exceptionally helpful for me. It really softened my heart and so much so that even though we were divorced and not living together at the time and and whatnot, um, I mentioned the program to Kate and she attended, you know, uh, three or four months later. So, um, and at that point we, um, you know, after two years of being fully divorced, um, we got to sitting around and talking one day that, you know, how did we end up in this situation? What happened to us? And what if we had gotten a second chance? And part of divorce care and the wonderful part of that ministry, which we have now been a part of for the last seven years, is reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the grace of God and the power of Jesus Christ, we were able to reconcile and restore our marriage um, after three years um, of being divorced. And so, uh, that's just been a real blessing for us. One of the non-negotiables for us when we got back together was we never wanted to end up in this situation again. So um, getting our finances in order was certainly going to be a cornerstone of that of that mm-hmm. process. So we attended Financial Peace University back in 2016 or 17. As part of the reconciliation process. Correct. Mm-hmm. To get on the same page. Correct. Which is what reconcile means. Right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, wow. Look at you guys. Whoa, what a journey. So going into the original divorce, what percentage of the marriage problems were money problems? Mm. Money fights. Good percentage. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I think we were pretty normal. Um, you know, it, It's the number one cause of divorce. It certainly didn't help anything. Um, I mean, we made a lot of mistakes along the way. Um, we bought a rental property with a HELOC. We, you know, used to take trips and spend, you know, wildly with credit cards and things of that sort. And 
while I would say that the money issues were not the primary cause of divorce, they certainly did not help. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, put extra stress on top of stress. Yeah. Correct. Right, right. And coming together gave you a common language uh, as a part of the whole reconciliation process. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is a great story. I love you guys. You're amazing. What a fabulous life you've built. Oh, yeah. man. And a healed, a healed life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, life. there's a lot of healing that goes. This is a, this is a wholeness. Uh, this is not somebody that tripped backwards into this. You walked headlong into it. Yes, sir. And it's been it's been a while now. So we 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 got divorced in 2012, and we reconciled at the end of 2014, almost three years later. So we've yeah. been together since. So yeah. we're so coming nine up on years, nine years. Nine years remarried. Correct. Yes. yes okay. Sir. Wow. And how long were you married prior to that? Almost uh, ten. nine and a half. Okay. So nine on each side so far. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good deal. Wow. Wow. And your kiddos are with you. What are their ages? Uh, Pierce, our oldest, is 16, and Nina, our youngest, is 14. Okay. So they were around through every bit of this. Yes. They, they experienced both sides and the middle. They did. They did. Yeah. Wow. They did. What a thing you've done for your family tree. Not counting the money even, but just the whole thing, the healing. This is impressive. Yeah. it's. Uh, I'm really struck you know, by the emotion. Um, and, and that has to be so rewarding to be standing here today at the finish line knowing that you guys did what very few people will do, which is actually try to reconcile, much less actually do it. I'm curious, what did the FPU getting on the same page with money and when you guys finally got back together, how did that affect your communication in other areas of your marriage now that you're coming back and going, we're giving this another shot? Uh, It definitely made it much better. We were more more focused. We had a common goal uh, moving forward, and that kind of bound us together and everything moving forward rowdy love it yeah i would say it definitely improved our communication so um i like what you said in the in the divorce care video about when you start (laughs) off up with a budget you're going to be terrible at it the first month and then get (laughs) a little bit better month two a little bit better month three and Mm -hmm. that certainly was us and uh we 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 met on a weekly basis i'm the nerd of the you know Mm -hmm. the financial advisor of the family so um you know those meetings used to last an hour and a half then an hour then 45 minutes so on and so forth now we can do a budget meeting about a minute you know two minutes Mm -hmm. or something like that so um but it really did help to improve our communication and i would say that when we were apart or before we were apart the first time we were married we had separate bank accounts Um, we had one joint account for you know dual bills and so forth but then we both had separate banking accounts but combining everything now um has just really helped us out tremendously yeah. and just throwing so. grenades into the other account all the time yeah. Correct. Yeah. what are you doing over there <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm uh i'm curious to know did this debt-free journey have a tangible effect on you all making more money i think without a doubt i mean i think uh we didn't have peace in a lot of ways prior to getting divorced um and now I'd say that, you know, we certainly don't fight about money. We don't fight about, you know, anything like that anymore. So Yeah. No, we're on a different it's a different level of communication and understanding and relationship indeed. Yeah, it's a whole different whole different set of people. Yeah. yeah. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You guys are impressive. I love it. Fabulous. Wow. What a fabulous story. All right. Bring the kiddos up. They need to be in the debt-free scream. They, they got to be enjoying this, uh, the end result of this journey anyway. So excellent work. Hey, we've got the live and give box for you. The baby steps millionaires book, the total money makeover book, the financial peace university. And you can give that to somebody. Cause I'm sure you're constantly ministering to others. Now you can't keep yourself with that journey from doing it. So I'm so proud of y'all. Thank you for sharing an amazingly inspiring story. 
Thanks, uh, it's just your heroes, man. I mean, you faced some real demons. You really faced them down and run them out with a stick, man. Yes, that's just uh, that's beautiful. Just very, very impressive. Very well done. All right, it's Charlie and Katie, Pierce and Nina. They got out of debt, but that's only a part of the story. Three hundred thirty-five thousand paid off house and everything. Baby steps, millionaires, redeemed lives. Sixty months making two hundred to two ninety-two. Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Three. Two, two, one. one. We're debt free! Yeah! Woohoo! Ah, they're free of so much. Oh, my goodness. Powerful. This is the Ramsey Show. Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. Thanks for listening, America. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Matthew is with us in Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, Matthew. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Um, My father has uh, retired and owns a small RV park, and he recently asked me to use my buying power to buy another property to mimic uh, the RV park that he owns, uh, but on a larger scale. So I, I've recently made an offer on a home and put earnest money down, but I'm just kind of rethinking the whole thing and just wanted to get your opinion on that. The home, the home and property we are purchasing is listed at 295. We paid 295 for it. Uh, uh, the home is where the second RV park is going to be. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm I'm a little bit confused. Uh, he he can't afford to buy another rv park so he wants you to buy one for him well he knows that my buying power is capable of buying a bigger piece of land since he doesn't have a job anymore he's retired so he knows that as far as buying power i can afford not a buying bigger... power borrowing power right okay right borrowing power is is bigger anyway so we could get a bigger property and the investment overall would end up paying more yeah, but that would be yours, not his. Correct. So the the terms he was going to say is he puts the initial infrastructure in to get it, um, to get it making money and paying for the the mortgage of the property, and we would split any split any profits above the mortgage of the property fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you interested in doing this, or do you feel obligated to consider it because it's your dad? I am interested. I think that the the property is beautiful. They, I've I've frequently hung out at the the RV park that they own, and it's a really nice lifestyle. Uh, really good people that you meet. You get plenty of opportunity to spread the word um, to to lots of different people. And I think that the security that the cash flow brings in just just brings the fact that if I broke my leg at work, I wouldn't you know my children wouldn't starve. 
So well, you're married? Yes. Okay. And what does your wife say about all this? Um, she, I'll be honest, she is willing to follow me into whatever I get us into. So I, I don't think she would voice it even if she disagreed with it. But so far, she seems like she's down to follow me wherever I go. Yeah. Well, if you break your leg at work, your kids aren't going to starve. And then your language, follow me into this, I think is a pretty good indicator of how you see this. Right. I don't think you think this is as good as idea as your, your dad, dad does. does. <laughs> you see risk he doesn't see. Yeah. I see a I see a payment that is a little higher than I can currently afford. Uh, it's not much higher than I can afford, but I think it is higher than I can afford. And unless my dad is willing to immediately come in and fork over the money and we get renters in there quick to where the the cash flow is coming, I don't see a problem in it. But if man, if we get out there and there's no renters, then we're in a big problem, you know? Yeah. And the infrastructure could be almost as expensive as the property and your dad doesn't have any money. Well, he does. He does have, he has enough to lay the infrastructure and I'm a plumber and we have electricians in the family. So we do the work ourselves. Um, we've put in four RV spots in a weekend and then rented them the very next week for $450 a spot. So I have no doubt that for thirty five, forty thousand dollars we could lay the infrastructure for ten to fifteen spots. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you're in partners with your dad on a piece of property that your home is on and mm-hmm. also contains a business that you're in a partnership with your dad. He doesn't have the money to do all this, but he has the money to put up a little bit of money for some plumbing raw materials and you guys dig your own ditches. Right. He, he has the money to do the total infrastructure. I mean, I, he what is that? Cash. Um, uh, I estimated about 40,000. Yeah. Is, is the, what the infrastructure will cost. And he has plenty to cover that. Yeah. There's, a, there's a rule in business. That. It takes twice as long, costs twice as much, and you're not the exception. Right. These are the three rules of business. Okay. So, uh, This is this has got about six different places that it can go wrong and only one place it can go right. So it's really scaring me, okay? Yeah. Your, your dad is a salesman, and he sold you on this, and, um, you know, you're not, oppo- you're not opposed to the concept. If the piece of property was separate from your home, it would remove one of the six problems. But if this goes sideways... Right. You got a bunch of half baked RV crap in your backyard, right? Of your home on a payment you can't afford. That's what happens if this goes sideways. Uh, if you're, uh, God forbid, something happened to you or something happened to him, and you right. weren't able to complete this plan and manage this business, now the home where your children live is at risk. This is, um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I see their working model and they have a premium spots. You know, they charge seven to seven fifty for their spots. Um, it's a really beautifully done. I have no doubt that slowly we could get to that point, but we could get spots in quickly that pay four fifty a piece and um the, the or not i mean it might be that you have no appeal whatsoever and no price will get them in there yeah 
Well, I've done some research in the area. Every park nearby is full. There are two major lakes right on either side of us, within 15 minutes on either side of us. And, um, okay. and it's, a, it's a beautiful area. It's four right. and a half acres. Well, I, I will tell you the rules that I run my life with, and then you get to decide what you're going to do. Okay? Number one, I don't do partnerships. The only ship that won't sail is a partnership because, uh, because of all the Ds that can happen. The Ds are default disinterest, drug use, divorce, death, disability. And you got to think about what happens in every one of those cases with both of you. What happens if your dad gets disabled? What happens if you get disabled? What happens if he decides he doesn't want to screw with it anymore? What happens if he just decides he doesn't like you? Um, what happens, you know, what happens, what happens, what happens? All you've got is an entrance strategy. You have no exit plans whatsoever because your only assumption is is that this is going to work and that's not how business works uh so you have to have you have to have a uh so number one i don't do partnerships number two i don't borrow for business under any circumstances and in a very real sense you are here number three i don't combine where my children and my grandchildren and my puppy dog and my wife lives with my business property thereby if the business goes bye-bye my family's homeless that's a violation too. So there's just a bunch of things here that you're willing to do that I'm not willing to do. And you called me. And so my job is not to be a dream killer. My job is to be a nightmare preventer. Hmm. There's a difference in being a dream killer and a nightmare preventer. And there's so, there's a whole lot more can go wrong with this Matthew than go right. I mean, it, everything has to go exactly as planned for this to even work. And nothing ever goes exactly as planned. I I couldn't do it because it violates about four different things I refused to do. Mm -hmm. And there were six words that he said towards the end. It's more than I can afford. And that's where we humans, certainly Americans, is how we get into this debt, the student loan debt, the skyrocketing credit card debt. It's more than I can afford. That's the end of the sentence. Wait, Get to a place that you can't afford. It's more than I can afford. The conversation should be over there. And we've got to, as adults, and I'm guilty of this. We've all done this. We we want it, but we can't afford it. We got to go. If we can't afford it, it's done. You know, yeah. you got to walk away. I can't afford it. Conversation over. Yeah, it's it's hard though. It is you absolutely. Get, you, get, you get caught up with the family dream here, and working together just sounds fun until it's not fun. So. Uh, Matthew, I've given you all the warnings. If you go forward anyway, at least address those and do it in a document that everybody signs. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality and career and jobs expert, number one best-selling author, host of The Ken Coleman Show, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. So, Ken, my PR team just sent me this. You're going to love this one. Okay. Car HP, uh, written by a guy named Nathan Dyer. Mm-hmm. Um, Expensive cars from finance personality Dave Ramsey's car collection. Oh. So you're going to love the cars I own that I don't own. Um, 
Uh, not a I single one of the them pictures. on here. Not a single one of them yeah. on here I own. Never seen those before. Never, never seen these cars. Uh, you just comp- this guy just makes up lies. This is literally made up. I've seen your cars. Yeah. This is so fun. Okay. There's I a, would there's like a, for you a, to have a few oh, of those. Oh, yellow Corvette here. Okay. Yeah. There's a 1934 DeSoto. That's my favorite. I would take that. I'd love that. to see you and Miss Sharon roll that around not, in the that DeSoto coupe. Yeah. 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 Here's a Mustang. Oh, that's cool. A that's, 1966 convertible Mustang. I'd like that. God, one. man. I wish I had that car. Yeah. Oh, man. I wish I was as cool as he thinks I am. Of course. 1948 Chrysler <laughs> Town and Country convertible with the wood paneling sides. The wood sides. panels. I don't have that car either. You and Sharon would drive that to the pole. 1959 match. Jaguar XK. Now that is. Oh, sweet. Yeah. that screams Dave Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Only he doesn't have it. You don't. No, don't have it. You know, you could think he'd actually get one of them that I own right. correct. And you have a killer. Like one. I've car. got some nice cars, but I none of them made his list. Wow. So, you know, but, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln said everything on the internet's true. He did. So that tells you what's going on. Yes. And, um, man, I, 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 I am, I, I am much worse than I am in person. If you read on the internet and I'm much cooler on this guy's site than I is am that a in real, person. is that a real site? That's a real site. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a car HP and it's got, you know, famous people supposedly with their famous cars and there's my little picture and the whole thing. And, and you don't even look happy. He didn't even pick a happy picture, which well, if you own those cars, you'd be pretty I have a perpetual scowl. Okay. So it's fairly easy to catch my scowl. That is it? completely made up. I can't even believe I'm looking at that. That is that is complete. That's so fun. Gosh, if I wouldn't if I wasn't me, I'd want to be me. I, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, I should have somebody write up an article of all the fake cars I own. Yeah. That'd be great. I could really impress my parents. Yeah, people, I mean, and all my high school friends, hey, look at all these fake cars I own. I'm going to get calls from insurance people now. <laughs> I know you are. They're wanting to insure this portfolio of vehicles that I do not own. This is so great. That's that's really great. Dude, if you would work as hard telling the truth and working as you do at lying, you could actually make a living. It's probably. really true. The creativity there. Yeah, I mean, you spent a, he spent a lot of time. I mean, he probably knows how to actually build a website and stuff. But yeah. Instead, spends his time being a fraud. If I was going to come up with fake cars you owned, I would have thrown in a souped-up El Camino. For me, because yeah. I'm a redneck, that That's would make sense. That's what I mean, a nod to the Antioch The car days. that tried to be a truck and couldn't? Yes. Yeah. That's you didn't the car. even, like, try to go back to your to your roots. Oh, man. At yeah. least he didn't he accuse you of, of owning of an electric cars. vehicle. There's not a single big... Oh, f- good what? call. At what? least he didn't accuse you of owning an electric at least you don't own an electric car at EV, That would have Dave. been the complete fraud if any of them were electric. You're right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Great call it. out there. Good, good call, James. Yeah. Open phones at 888 <laughs> Wow. Be careful what you read, folks. <laughs> I just wish I was as cool as old Nathan Dyer says I am. All right. Stephen is in Athens, Georgia. Hi, Stephen. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. How you doing today, Dave? Great, man. How can we help? Trying to figure out this uh, situation that me and my wife have got ourselves into on how we're going to get out of this hole that we've created. Okay. So, <clears throat> little backstory: recently sold a home in Southern California. Um, we made great money over there, about two hundred thousand uh, on a whim. We just picked everything up and moved up to Athens, Georgia. In that, took quitting jobs that were well paid and uh, moving to where not paid as well anymore for the work that's up here. And, um, 
bought a home immediately over FaceTime. I would never recommend that again. But, uh, yeah, moved into the home. And Man, when you look up impulsive in the dictionary, your picture's there. <laughs> yeah, about about 42 days from visiting a friend to house being sold and being here. Quitting jobs that we've had for 15-plus years. Okay. All right. So, California uh, refugees in Athens, Georgia. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> bought a home and uh, instantly that home needed a ton of money put into it that we were not expecting and uh, face, face time just didn't show home. that huh? okay no sir nor did inspections <sighs> okay so got ourselves into some credit card debt and uh obviously the home and then cars that now we no longer i guess can say afford um that we were able to afford in california no, you couldn't afford them because you didn't pay for them. But okay, we could, well, you're correct. All right. So, what do you owe on your cars? Uh, altogether, about seventy-two thousand. Okay, and break that down for me. Car number one. Uh, car number one. I think I owe about fifty thousand on. Okay, car number two is twenty-two. Uh, yep. uh if car it's, number two is if about, it's seventy-two, then oh, you have three cars. Okay. I uh, correct three cars. Uh, okay. one of them's about. 20,000 and then the other one's just about paid off. Okay. All right. And, uh, what do you, what is your household income now, now that you got new jobs? About 110,000. Okay. And how much is your new house payment? Uh, 2,100. And how much car, how much debt have you run up other than the cars? About 27,000 in credit cards. Okay. To do the repairs on the home or just, just because you bought stuff. Uh, because we bought stuff and to do repairs on the home. Um, some of the money that we used, we used, tried to use most of the money that we had left over after selling a home and bought, purchasing a home, tried to keep a good nest egg, and that didn't work out. A lot of that money, liquid cash, had to go into the home right away. Um, so you got no money then, left? Uh, no money in savings, no, sir. Okay. All right. Well, you can't afford a $50,000 car. You need to sell it. Okay. Period. Even if it was paid for, Understood. you make 110, you don't need a $50,000 car when you make 110. Pretty simple. Okay. It's, it's out of range. Now, if, unless you're going to see your income coming up dramatically in the next 12 months, you need to get rid of that car. You probably need to get rid of the $20,000 car too, and just get you a couple beaters to drive until you get this mess cleaned up. So what happens is we have to cut stuff until we get the budget back in balance because you're not in Congress. Right? Okay. And so, right. you, you know, you got a, you got a $110,000 top line, and we got to make the bottom numbers fit un, inside of that with a working budget. And that's going to mean selling at least one of those cars and getting a beater, get you a $5,000 car. And that's the moves I would make. Um, and, um, you know, we'll help you with the process. Hang on. I'll put you guys into Financial Peace University. It's our class to show you how to get right side up and how to become a millionaire later. Uh, but one of the things we're going to teach you is quit being so dad blame impulsive. This is The Ramsey Show. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. 
Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Thanks for joining us, America. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. George is in Sarasota, Florida. Hi, George. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? So, um, moved with the, my family to Florida two years ago, left my business in Washington state and it's been there in Tacoma, Washington for about five years. And in the last couple of years trying to, um, you know, work remotely managing the business. It was a struggle. Uh, we bought a piece of property here. We're planning to build. And, uh, you know, a month ago, the business burned down basically completely. Whoa. And now I'm trying to figure out what to do next uh, as far as um, maybe, you know, we saved up about $120,000 plus the land is worth about a hundred. And uh, we are thinking either to start something new, like the business that I was doing there, which is auto wrecking. Um, on the smaller scale or for me to just get a job, be more stable, sell the land and buy a house, which is what my wife wants us to do. And we have three little kids, five, three and uh, eight months old. I assume you had good insurance. I had no insurance. Business was struggling and, um, uh, yeah. It so was you just lost it for me to pay. I lost it. Yeah, pretty much. Some stuff survived, but I would say like 90% was lost. Yeah. So, so what's the land worth? Because you own the real estate, right? Um, I did not own the real estate. It was, um, my landlord had the, the insurance for the building. Oh. So, but the land I purchased here, we were planning to build on is worth about a hundred thousand. And we have a hundred Twenty thousand in savings, and you're renting. You're thinking, yes. Okay. What would you do right now if you could just snap your fingers with the skill set you have, knowing your industry that would pay you the most? What What would that be? Um, there are a couple options. I have um, maybe going into consulting for a company, auto company, or, uh, I honestly like worked for myself my whole life, 36. And, um, I don't know. So do you, do you have trade skills? Um, I do have trade skills. What are those? I work in a body shop as a tech, Mm -hmm. as a repairing cars. Mm -hmm. And I can do get, I I can get back into that. What what was the uh, the actual business was what you said it was auto wrecking? Yes. What's that mean? So that's uh, recycling 
Um, a junkyard. It's like a junkyard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But right. I was doing more of like a indoor auto wrecking, which was parting cars out, selling used auto parts. Okay. So you would buy a totaled car, part it out, sell off the scrap, and sell off the parts. Correct. Indoors. And when you yep. were in Tacoma and you all lived there and the business was flourishing, what did you make? What was your best year profit, taxable profit? About 150 Okay. All right. Um, what, I, does it, what does it take to set that up? So you lost, up there you lost tools and some inventory in yeah. the fire. Mm-hmm. What's it take to what's it take to set what's it take to set the business up and get it running? Not counting the land and the building. Um, it would take uh, some tools, some equipment. Um, yeah, like fifty grand, forty you know, grand, like probably around there. Yeah, yeah, forty. Yeah. Okay. What I would do if I were in your shoes is I would take some side gig hustles, hustle and grind mm-hmm. to make a living, and I would go rent. An, a warehouse somewhere not and, and i would sell your land now okay. if you sell the land you got two hundred twenty thousand bucks right correct okay and we take 50 out of that and now now i've got 170 to put down on a mm-hmm. house okay okay and um i'm going to start the business in a rental property not a owned piece of real estate this time i'm going to put insurance on it and you know how to make $150,000 a year parting out cars on, on the inside, inside, inside of a warehouse, right? Yes. And uh, you can get to doing, you could turn a profit within 90 days of doing that, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. I figured you could. Because that's a quick turn business. You have, you, have the, uh, you have the access to the supply of the totaled vehicles, and do you have a distribution for the parts to part them out? You know how to get, get them yeah. sold right quick? Because you yep. weren't doing that yep. on a local basis. You're doing that on a national basis. National and international, yeah. We're yeah. selling. Yeah, the part, the parting out is a, it's an internet function, right? Mm, yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, okay. This is not like some good old boy in Sarasota wanders in and buys a transmission from you. You're parting this sucker out. You're sending a, every little piece all over the dadgum world out of this thing. And you know exactly yeah, what 90, the, you know that you know the cars in your gut without even asking that have parts that are in high demand, so you know what to buy. That's correct. Yeah, the, the, because the parts on that particular vehicle will sell, the parts on the other vehicle won't sell, so I don't screw with it, right? That's a hundred percent. Yeah, yep. you got this. Is his skills. It is. The, is the, the issue that I want to address real quick is the relationship uh-huh. issue. Your wife wants you to get a, what she's calling a stable job. That means a salary. And so you've got to play. Uh-huh. You've got to think through that. What is her concern? What's her big concern? Because I agree with Dave. You can absolutely do that. I, I would be working in some trades, and, and I'd, I'd ease into it a little bit based on what's happened. But I want to know what she's so worried about. Um, she's uh, worried about me being home and uh, having less stress um, because I had to leave. Uh, well, we, we decided to leave to Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to work uh, from home. Why remotely. did you move to Florida? And it was, it was uh, just something we wanted to do. Like Bull crap. Why did you move to Florida? <laughs> okay, so there is a little bit of politics. My, it's closer to my wife's family. 
Okay. And uh, better for our kids. There you go. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good answer. Yeah. All right. Um, now, mm-hmm. uh, yes. Yeah, so, so I'm with Ken. You know, you can start that. You can do the parting out on the side at first until you get it up and running. But you can make more doing mm-hmm. this than you can any trade job yes. or any side hustle. Agreed. Yes. This is the way you make your family the most money is reopen this business and run it, but don't get in the real estate business, be in the part business, mm-hmm. rent the okay. dadgum warehouse from somebody, let them deal with the real estate like mm-hmm. you did before this time, carry insurance okay. on your stuff for God's sakes. But other than that, yeah. And, and so you can drop 50 K there. You can set 170 aside for a house, start talking about when we're going to buy the house. Actually, the truth is that you may want to rent for two years and establish a really good income as a self-employed person to qualify for a decent mortgage out of this particular business. But you're not, you know, you got to get that business really rocking for two years Mm -hmm. to be able to use that money to qualify for the mortgage because you're going to have two years of self-employed income to prove it out. Um, Otherwise, you're going to be making 60 or 80 doing a trade, and that's the base of the house you're going to buy. So if I'm you guys, if I can get my wife on board, I'm going to say, let's get a rental and have a two-year plan. I'm going to work my tail end off. We're going to get this house, get this business up and running, and then I'm going to quit the side job and run the business full-time. I'm going to come home at 5 o'clock, and I'm going to, I'm going to hire staff yep. and people working for me so I don't have to be gone all the time. And we run a business during a normal business hours, and we grow it, and we're going to make 250 uh, because we're going to staff up and we're going to run, you know, hire some marketing people, some tech people, as well as some people to do the actual wrench turning. And let's get this thing up and going. And three years from now, you ought to be making serious money. That's that and buy a house with 170 down or 150 down. Keep 20 as your emergency fund. But yeah, you're, you know, considering you had no insurance and considering you didn't have a good plan before, you've got a lot of good options in he front really of does. you. He really does. In great financial shape, minus the insurance issue. Yeah, exactly. And if you'd have had the insurance, you'd have been another 50 ahead or whatever it is or more. Yeah, that's that's. Whew. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. This is The Ramsey Show. Thanks for joining us, America. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Open phones at 888 Hey. Nicole and Perry are with us on the debt-free stage in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions. Hey, guys, how are you? Good. Doing good. Good. Welcome, welcome. Good to have you. So how, where do you live? Uh, Amherst, Massachusetts. Ah, cool. Welcome to Nashville. Thank okay. you. And uh, how much debt have you guys paid off? $305,000. Okay. And this took how long? Three years. Three exactly three years. years. All right. Excellent, excellent. So... If I've got my notes right, you're coming to join us. Yes. You're coming to join the Ramsey team. <laughs> yes, just okay. happened. Well, oh, congratulations. Yeah. What are you gonna what are you gonna be doing? I'm a product manager on the coaching team. Oh, very good. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, I see the team is out there. They're very excited. Yeah, good they're, team they're spirit excited there. to have you. So what that means is we're not gonna ask your income. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, three hundred and five thousand. What kind of debt was this? Everything. From Business debt to car debt, credit cards, family loans, house improvement loans. Yeah, everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, uh, 
your normal. Yeah. Very. Okay. How long y'all been married? We just hit five years. Yeah. Okay. So two years into marriage, normal sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yep. how'd you get connected to us and then end up working here too? <laughs> Crazy story. So I came across you like a decade ago. Um, I think I just found a book, uh, but didn't really like just listened. didn't really tried my best to follow it, but met him. And um, once we met and got married, we were just like living the life. Um, and then COVID hit and he had his own business and lost the business during COVID. So that's when we were like, we lost almost everything. Um, and that was when we're like, hey, maybe we should follow this. And, and that's kind of how we got on the, the plan was when we lost everything because everything was going fine. We were normal up until then. Uh-huh. The yeah. income disappeared and, and all of a sudden uh, what you thought was smart turns out to be stress tested yes. and didn't look smart anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we always were banking on the business being able to continue and to be able to pay the lifestyle. And then, <clears throat> you know, the business went from making about sixty, sixty-five thousand $65,000 a month to zero because of mm. the lockdowns. And wow. so all of a sudden the lifestyle caught up to us and we realized there was no, it wasn't sustainable. We couldn't do anything. We almost went bankrupt. And so what do you do now, Perry? Um, I'm in um, marketing and email specialist. Okay. All right. So you can just transfer that when you guys move to Nashville without any trouble. Yep. Okay. And get back to making some bank again. Hopefully, yeah. Good for you. <laughs> was Good that for you. your business? That no, I was. I actually owned a gym, so I actually oh. had a personal training studio in Philadelphia. Oh, that's a good way to get completely shut down during COVID. Yeah, yeah. so it was not the best business oh, to I have. Read it. Yeah, Philadelphia <laughs> yeah. shut everything down. Well, and those yeah. little COVIDs, they don't like people that work out. <laughs> it's true. They, they yeah. were, yeah. They get, those, wow. co- those COVIDs are mad at people that work out. Oh, wow, guys. I'm sorry. Sorry yeah. you went through that, but I'm so happy you found the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, and when we actually scheduled the, the this debt-free scream, she hadn't applied yet. It wasn't even on the radar. We kind of just put it out there to kind of get full circle and then I, I, we were looking at hosting FPU classes. And so I was on the website perusing, just, just, you know, looking at all the different things you have. And then I was like, let me look at the careers just for fun. And then <laughs> saw a role. Um, and I actually just wanted to do a coffee chat to learn, like, what is it that you're looking for in a product manager? So then I can tailor my resume to, like, be what you're looking for. Or if there's anything I'm missing, mm-hmm. I can go out and then get that experience and then try when I'm ready. So a coffee chat ended up to interviews. And then it was like, you're coming down. Let's, you know see if we can speed it up and then yeah we yeah. uh <laughs> you just stepped into the tractor beam <laughs> yeah and it's been yeah. a great experience so we're really excited i yeah. love it way to go yeah. very cool well welcome aboard welcome to nashville and Thank congratulations you. all right now you've been through hell and back what do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is I think like constant communication. We like we listen to the podcast every single day for a couple hours a day, and would constantly dream of what things would be like once we pay everything off. And um, you know, we we when he lost his income, we were only on my income, and so we basically were like, we gotta live. Everything's gotta be within my income. So then, when he did get a job, um, all his income is what helped us pay it off within three years because we could live on one income mm-hmm. and, um, yeah you, you situated it got your lifestyle way down yeah and we've sacrificed a lot like it's not like we were living the life still it was we sacrificed a lot gave up a lot um and it was a tough three years but worth it, it in the end yeah, i yeah. think intentionality was huge you know just being able to speak about everything and have a plan and know this is 
a season that might be a long season, but it would be, you know, it'd end sooner than later if we just kept to the plan. And so I think at one time I had seven jobs that I was doing. I mean, I was doing anything that someone would pay me to do. Mm. I mean, almost anything. (laughs) Anything moral and legal. Yes, yes. And and so we just stuck to the plan and we, you know, always communicated. And even in the hard times, we tried to, you know, understand where we were in that journey and visualize where we were going. And we finished way, you know, way, way, way sooner than we thought we would. Well, it go. sounds like Perry, you were working a whole lot. That's <laughs> yeah. a big sacrifice. But Nicole, when you were talking about a lot, you, you extended that, that yeah. vowel sound. <laughs> uh, I'm curious, what were some of the toughest sacrifices that you guys made? So one of our big debts was we did van life for a little bit. So we bought a Sprinter van, a four by four Mercedes Sprinter, um, and flipped that. So we had to. That was that. What is what kickstarted it? We were like we have to sell it like and that Mm -hmm. was like a big sacrifice was like a gut punch it was like oh look we're living this amazing life and then um to then be like it's gone and we made that sacrifice to sell it so that was a big chunk that helped us a lot um and then yeah we didn't eat out we didn't do anything there were um times (laughs) i got invited to my friend's bachelorette and i was like I'm really sorry, I, I can't afford it. And I have such amazing friends. They were like, come, it's okay, we'll we'll cover you. Like, we want you there. So like, that was amazing mm. as well, but. A humbling. Yeah, but we had to say no. And I think we've become the annoying people that say <laughs> no to everything and we're cheap and whatever, but. Um, I think at know. one point it sunk in too when things were starting to turn around and when we were in the van, you know, you have cheap utensils and cheap you know <laughs> things to cook. and. We literally never even bought a new spatula. We were using this broken plastic <laughs> spatula that couldn't sure. pick things up. And we went to Target one day and bought a spatula. And we were like, yeah. we did it. Like, we, we made it. <laughs> our, um, our drinking glasses were when we would get spaghetti sauce. We would rinse it out. And that would be our drinking glasses. So when people came over, we were like, sorry, we don't have glasses. And we had people being like, come on, guys. You can buy plates. Because we only had like four. And he had dropped a few. And, and they were like, come on. Break, I tend to break things. Yeah. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. Perry. I, I get in trouble for that one. Perry. That, the sacrifice yeah. was Perry dropping plates. Yeah. And people were like, you, you can afford that. Like, you can get plates. And we're like, we, yeah, we could. But then it's like, but then we could get this as well. And this as well. So we were just like... We're, we're sacrificed a lot. Um, and even for our son, we have a we have a baby boy. It was, you know, he would go to daycare and we only had like three or four outfits. And we're like, sorry, we got to do laundry. Like we don't have anything. Like we, that we right. sacrifice a lot in that sense as well. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. He'll never know. He will no, never know. He couldn't, yeah. <laughs> you know, Dave, there's a whole lot of no's there that are going to lead them to a pretty big yes here in just a moment. Yeah. And I think that's a great lesson. You yeah. guys are awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, we're you. honored to have you on the team and honored to have you as family members here and uh, absolutely incredible we've got the baby steps millionaires book for you the uh, total money makeover book and a financial peace university uh membership as well you'll have all those things when you're here anyway but you can give them away and your son's age and name uh levi and he's 14 months oh he is cute <laughs> he's a baby commercial looking he for a is. place to happen and i point out he's got a very clean outfit by the way yeah, freshly laundered that freshly laundered outfit yes <laughs> nicole perry and levi from well formerly from amherst massachusetts now from franklin tennessee Three hundred and five thousand paid off in three years count it down let's hear a debt-free scream ready three, three two, two one, one. We're, we're debt-free, debt-free. <laughs> Wow. That's the way to start a new job. It really is. (laughs) It's quite a start. (laughs) Very good stuff. 
This is the Ramsey Show. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey trusted agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're people you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey trusted agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. That's RamseySolutions.com slash agent. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Our question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your home for home services. If you're moving, you have a long list of to-dos, but Neighborly has local pros like Housemaster, Five Star Painting, Window Genie, and Junk King to check items off that list. Visit Neighborly.com and schedule a home service expert near you. Today's question comes from Alex in Oklahoma. I recently changed jobs for a pay increase to get us through baby step two. It's the same role at a new company. My previous employer said that they could not make me a counteroffer, but last week I heard from a coworker at that company that they may reach out to me to see if I would come back. They may try to match a new salary or maybe even increase it. I was wondering if this is a risky move. I'm concerned that I might be a target if there are layoffs since I jumped ship. I enjoyed working with my old team, but left for the large pay increase, almost 50%. Is this concern rational? And if so, what can I do to lessen the risk? Well, there's a whole lot of mays and maybes. And I heard this, you know, uh, it came from a coworker. So until the old company contacts you back, Alex, this is all speculation. Let's start there. Uh, but if they were to contact you and you had this, I think it's a legit concern because, you know, if someone left me, if I was the owner of a company and someone left me, I would be worried that they would leave me again. And that's, that's, you know, a reasonable worry you left for a big pay increase, but, but I would just bring it up to them. If this happens, there's a whole lot of maybes in this. And so, uh, if they call you back and they want you back, you can explain, Hey, I left, I needed the money. I was paying off debt. That's a very reasonable explanation. Uh, and in the interview process, just say, hey, um, have I uh, created um, some concern for you? Do you think I'm loyal? Like, I'd bring it up in the interview and look them eyeball to eyeball and allow them to address it, you know, address the elephant in the room. And if they go, there's no elephant, uh, then then you're fine. But I, I, I wouldn't worry about it unless, you know, they say that they've got concerns about you leaving them again. Now, I'm interested to know your thoughts on that because – you know, people leave. We're a large company. You know, any company has people move in and move out. What's your take on that? If they wouldn't match the salary before you left, yeah. the fact that they're coming back now and doing it makes me not want to work for them. So I wouldn't go back. And uh, we have a rule at Ramsey. Uh, our rule is we almost never rehire because in the times that we have rehired in our world, we're not in a high turnover world. We're in a low turnover world. I got a friend that's in the restaurant business. He rehires all the time, but they have 125% turnover a year. So they rehire people. They don't, you know, they, they work seven different places and they cycle back around. It's, uh, but that's a different world. This is a low turnover world I'm in. And what we found over 30 years of running Ramsey is that the reason that someone left the first time will be the same reason they leave the second time. 
And so, yeah, I agree. I think that's, uh, you know, so we don't rehire except in very rare circumstances. Um, so, uh, 99% of the time it's no, I think I have two people out of a thousand that are on their second round here yeah. at this moment. If I remember right, I can name one of them and I, there's another one in the back of my head somewhere, but, um, and we actually call that guy unicorn. Yeah, he Cause, is. Cause he's pretty rare. He you know really I mean? is. He's a fabulous team member. That's right. So, uh, but his nickname around here is that for that <laughs> very reason, cause it's yeah. unusual for us to rehire. Um, and, uh, so anyway, the, but also I would reverse that in your case and say, for the very reason that they didn't take care of you hmm. before you left is the reason you don't want to return. You know, they didn't step up. They had, you had to wait until you're gone. And then they're like, well, guess we are. I don't, cause you're right. You're the first one back out the door. When you get back over there, you're in a tenuous setting. I wouldn't go back. I think you're, I think you made your decision. You moved on. You got a 50% pay raise. I'd stay. Stay where you are and just say, thanks guys. I appreciate it. That's nice. I wish we'd had this discussion before, but we didn't. And I'm not cool. You know, if they make the offer on the spot, then that's different. Yeah. A lot of speculation in this too. And I think he needs to be focused on the now where he is and let's move forward. Yeah. And quick, you make a good point. Quit jumping around on every penny that somebody throws at you. 50% is not a penny, but if they're going to just match what you did and you're going to go back, you know, no. Yeah. I mean, if they want to give you 50% of what you got now, We'll have to talk about it, I guess. But, you know, but if you, all you're doing is chase, it's not, yeah, you be careful. Yep. Yeah. Because we know that following the great resignation was the great regret. That's correct. Millions of people uh, went to another job and they went, oh, this isn't what I thought it was going to be or what I was told. There's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Yeah. You, they told me I could, you know, I work for Zoom and I could work from home. Yeah. And then Zoom says, oh. Even Zoom is coming back to work in the office. That's the great that's ir- the that's irony. That's the greatest yeah. irony in the history of the world. <laughs> but yeah, so a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Open phones at triple eight eight two five five two two five. Katrina is in Boston, Mass. Hi, Katrina. What's up? Hi, Dave. Hi, Ken. Thanks for taking my call. I am a new listener to your show, and I am just kicking myself for not listening earlier. I feel like. I've never really learned to adult when it comes to my finances, so I have a lot to learn. Um, <clears throat> I am a 45-year-old single mom by choice. That means I decided to have my children on my own using a sperm donor. And I say that so you know I'm totally financially responsible for my two kids. They just turned one and three. They're little babies. Um, and I'm really feeling anxious about our financial future, and I'm just a little bit paralyzed about what my next step should be. Um, I have a chunk of money in savings, and I don't know if I should pay off my mortgage. What's, a, what's a chunk? The, um, about I have about two hundred and fifty thousand in savings. That's a good and chunk. Each of the kids, right? Yeah. yeah, that's a good chunk. They okay. they each have about eight grand in their in their accounts as well. Okay. Um. And how much I do you make a have year? About one forty-five. Okay. And what other what debts other than your mortgage do you have? None. Just my mortgage. Wow. I just got a payoff quote on it because I have a feeling you're going to tell me to pay yeah, off. Yeah. What's the payoff, payoff on it? Quote. It's ninety-seven or ninety-eight. It's not much. Mm-hmm. But here's my complications. Um, I 
I bought my house uh, a few years ago from my father. Um, I bought it for 150 and it's a great deal. At the time, it was probably worth 350 Now I think it's about worth $650. Um, but it's falling apart. And it also came with two little rental units. So the whole thing together is probably sell for around 650 And everything is kind of old and falling apart. Um, I'm constantly putting money in to fix things, um, never mind trying to get ahead on some of the repairs that I know will need to come soon. Um, the other complication I have is that I have a very long commute to work. I'm, I'm, I'm a high school teacher, uh, mm-hmm. high school vice principal, um, and I spend between three and four hours a day commuting right now. Oh so I, my kids are in, I know, my kids are in daycare. It's fine. I spend an absolute fortune to, you know, pay people to take care of my kids for me. So I know at some point in the next few years, I'm either going to have to get a new job, which I don't want to do, or buy a new home that's closer to work. I just don't know what to do with my money and how to set myself up for success in five years. Where did the 250 come from? Just my savings. You're frugal. You know. Amazing. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you lived on $250,000 less than you made over a period of some years. That's impressive. Well, I'm 45. That's impressive. I'm 45, and I never. Well, you're not 85. You just. I mean, this is amazing. (laughs) You did great. Receive the compliment. You rock, Katrina. You did great, man. I I would sell the house. I would sell your house today. Yeah, and move closer to the district and pay cash. Oh, I. Okay, I can't sell the house because it's a family house that we are very attached to. Who's we? Me and my parents. I'm not attached to it. It's it's a house. Allowed me to have the kids that I would not have been able to have when I was renting an apartment in Boston, you know? So it served its purpose. Uh, and it's, it's a and house. You'd, you'd sell it even with the rental unit? I would yes. sell it. The chances of me commuting three hours a Forget day it. is precisely zero for more than yeah. 10 days. That's going to kill you. It's going to suck the life you out. You, you're you're more obligated to this house than you are spending time with your children. Oh, I know, but it, I know. I hear Sell you. Sell the house. Okay. It's a stupid house. Oh, my gosh. Life is too it, short it, listen, to commute If that you much. gave your children a gift mm. that at first was a blessing and later became a curse because they didn't want you to feel bad, you didn't give them a gift. And you wouldn't do that to your kids, and your dad didn't do that to you. Sell the house. It's a house. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality and number one best-selling author of the book, From Paycheck to Purpose, all about careers and jobs. He's my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Dane is in Denver. Hi, Dane. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, welcome to me. Uh, I just, I've always wanted to say this. How are you doing, Mr. Ramsey? Better than I deserve. What's up, man? <laughs> hey, uh, yes, I have a really quick question, hopefully. Um, I'm looking to make a lateral move in housing from one house to another. I currently own my home that I live in, and I'm looking to make a um, flight move not, not too far away. And um, I see it as two different options that I have. I'm trying to avoid getting... Another mortgage out, um, trying to avoid moving into a rental temporarily, and I'm trying to avoid storing all my stuff. I'd like to just go from one house to the other. 
Um, I see it as I can do a sale on contingency. Or what about these we buy your house uh, services? Are they a scam or not? Well, they're not a scam, but they're buying the home to resell it at a profit, which means they have to buy it from you at below retail. Right. Um, Yeah, the money that I would lose on that would probably pay for the rental for a few months. I've done a little bit of research. I know renting is extremely high here, um, and I do work with a lot of appraisers. Um, in the line of work that I do, I'm a land surveyor. Well, I mean, all of and, this is um, all of this is assuming that you think you know what they're going to offer you. Correct, correct. Um, I've actually reached out. Uh, just you know, you can fill out those forms, email kind of forms, and um, none of them have responded with a number, which kind of shocking makes me a little weary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's because they don't want to uh, scare you to death. They want you to sell them the house, but. Dude, I mean, it's usually eighty cents on the dollar, seventy cents on the dollar. Oh wow! And okay. so it's not—it's not a yeah. small. It's not like a two thousand dollar discount or something. I mean, Got it's you. a lot. Yeah. You're not so, desperate, are you? No, I yeah. have so, well, time on my so side. Don't do it. Don't just don't do it. Here's what you need to do. You just okay. need to be patient okay. and do a contingency sale. Okay. Let's see. It's All right. Easy. I like that. Yeah, I'm not going to do it otherwise. Okay, I sold my personal residence when everything peaked out um, two years ago because it was a real killer opportunity to get out of that house. And um, right. But we sold it and delayed possession by four months. Okay? Okay. And, and that yep. gave us four months to get the other house purchased and moved into um, and – but, uh, that, you know, well, uh, did you take, I didn't take a discount. I just refused to sell it otherwise. So you're going to refuse right. to sell your home out from under you. You're okay. going to sell it yeah, on some kind that. of terms that allow you to make a one move. All right. And then the person I'm buying it from, they also have to agree to this too, correct? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but what I would do is start shopping the area that you think you want to be in and say, I could live there, there, or there. And oh, if you want to make an offer on one of them, fi- contingent upon the sale of yours, fine. Typically, what most markets do, there's differences in different markets. It's generally culturally, uh, except the real estate community, for some reason, decides it in just culturally in a market. But most of the time, you'll have like a 72-hour first right of refusal. So if the seller of the other property that you wanted to buy accepted a contingency offer from you, it would be contingent upon the sale of yours. And they keep theirs on the market. If they get another buyer, you have 72 hours to say, I'll buy it anyway. And you wouldn't do that. You would let them go. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I I do have time on my side. I'm in no rush. And so until the right deal comes together and the right timing for you to buy the home that you want and move one time with the sale of yours on a contingency sale, you just don't do it. Well, they won't. They won't take a contingency contract. Okay, can't buy that house. Yeah, yeah. All right, I like this idea, and I can just uh, just take my time. It's all out of convenience. Kids got a new school down the street, and yeah, and just um, what you do is you yeah. just you know I'm going to carefully line the dominoes up so that when I push them, they all fall and make that beautiful design. My wife and I can do that. We've uh, yeah, we're. 
totally debt free. We um, own our house. I'm 42 years old. You know, I'm 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 sitting pretty. Yeah, and, uh, and, the, so, all, and, all and the trick is to not but, get married to the purchase house. Yeah, yep. Uh, there's agree. only one. If I don't get that one, the whole deal. <laughs> no, there's lots of houses you can purchase, right? So if you don't get married to a certain house, then you say, I, I want to move over there, and I like this kind of a property, and whichever one God arranges for this whole domino system to fall, I'll land in that, and I'm going to be happy as a clam. Now, the second thing you got to warn yourself against, and I have to warn myself against this too, and I'm in the, I've known, done real estate my whole life, is when you've got everything lined up, and then someone comes to buy your house, you're, you, you're emotionally motivated to get that deal done so we can push the dominoes. And if you're not careful, you'll discount your home in the negotiation process because you get all excited. Mm-hmm. Right. And just be aware of that. That's human nature. Yeah, I got all this lined up, yep. and you know, I don't really want to take that late little amount, but I'm a, I want to push the dominoes. And eh, now you're about to take $10,000 too much less, too less than you should have. So just just play hard to get, yep. and don't get married to the next one. And you can line these up, and you're going to be just fine. And folks, I want you to know that Dave Dave practices what he preaches in a lot of areas. But you did that on that house, and I got to tell you, we're thinking about the, you're talking about the house, and I got to tell you, I'm missing that porch. I don't know how you got rid of that house with the porch that you had, highest <sighs> point in Williamson County. Yeah, I could see 18 miles off of it. And I I just you took was- me back there for a second. It was beautiful. I'm being selfish. It was beautiful. I, I kind of missed the hangouts out there. <laughs> and and the, ni- awesome. the nice people that bought it from us, they paid me for that view. Yes, they did. <laughs> and that is the moral of the story, folks. I mean, I, I thought you were a little crazy, but it was a good move. It was a good move. <laughs> it was a little crazy, but it was if you're ever going to sell a particularly unique property during a super the hottest time I've ever known in 35 years of real estate would be the oh, time to do it. And you did. And, and it, I did it right at the gosh, top of that market. That. So it's just, you know, these fall evenings and I, you know, I'm yelling at somebody all the time on here. It's just a house. <laughs> and then, yeah, but those, that, that house, the views on that property were oh, take it from astronomical. Me. Yeah. Astronomical. Yeah. Moment I, of silence. I, I do miss that. Although I'm, I'm nestled down in the woods now where I've got no view, which is amazing too. You like that. Very I'm, quiet. I'm, I'm back in Walden pond here, you know, so <laughs> all right. Little, quite I expect the opposite, some new poems yeah. from you, Dave. There we go. Yeah. Those will sell. Those poems will be big. Redneck poetry is a big deal. <laughs> You know, hillbilly poetry. Poems of peace. That's it. There it is. From from the woods of the hillbilly. I've already titled it. Yeah, there we go. It's um next book. Who knew I was going to do another one? I read after Baby Steps. We just decided. Yeah. This is the Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. My friend Willie Robertson is the CEO of Duck Commander and Buck Commander, and star of A and E's duck dynasty and they've expanded his family companies from a living room operation to a multi-million dollar enterprise uh willie spoke with us at uh entree leadership summit about business and leadership did a great job back in may and uh he emailed me the other day um with this film that he's done about his dad and his mom's early days and uh it is, and then sent me a link to it. I intended to watch just a little bit of it so I would be intelligent on this interview, and I couldn't turn it off. It was absolutely fabulous. Willie, how are you, my friend? What's up, Dave? How are you? Doing good, man. You're making the rounds pitching a movie, huh? Sitting there and 
New York City. You know how it goes, doing this thing. <laughs> yeah. So you on Fox this morning? I wasn't. No, that didn't work out, but we're working on some other stuff for later on. So yeah, I've been pretty much on the phone or on the computer or uh, being interviewed all day long. So okay. it's a big week. Week is coming out. So uh, I'm not going to read the film synopsis. I'll let you just tell the story. Uh, but uh, I knew a little bit of the story from talking to you and talking to your dad and your brothers over the years that your dad was basically a hellraiser and uh, and and had a, an amazing uh, experience. Talk talk through what the film's about. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's a timepiece. It's set in the '50s, '60s, and '70s. Uh, so it and I want to make everybody aware it's not Duck Dynasty. That's the aftermath of a family that's, that's got it way right and uh has a strong faith and this is right at the beginning uh this is where dad really lost his way and uh, uh just really spent about 10 years just making making life really rough for my mother and us as kids and um and then it's a story of his redemption and how he found the lord and uh, and how more probably more importantly how mom forgave him to keep the family together um you know dave if that hadn't happened my whole life would be completely different and, uh, I, you know, who knows what would have happened. I probably wouldn't be talking to you today. So, uh, cause that's out of that came the company out of that came the business duck commander from that came duck dynasty. And then, you know, and all the things that have gone along with that. And so we can trace that back to this, this really spiritual moment. And I think you'll realize when you see the movie, man, how close it was, you know, just to being over, you know, completely over. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a powerful story. And it just felt like one we had to really need to tell. Willie Ken here. Uh, I'm just curious, was Phil reluctant to uh, share this story in movie form? He just comes across as a guy who's just so humble and just a plain-spoken man. I'm curious to, to, to know what he's feeling about this story being told. He really was. I mean, they've been so transparent throughout their whole lives. Like, there's nothing in the movie I saw that I hadn't heard them tell us directly, and they've been really open about their lives. But I think once it got down to, like, making a movie and we're going to, you know, pretty much highlight the, the worst time of your life, you know, uh, that was a struggle. And I'm so glad he did. And, cause, you know, we're talking Christianity and really just generally in life, I think, uh, to not look back, your past is over, look forward, you know, press forward, unless they make a movie about it, which was going to live forever. Right. So, yeah. uh, so for he and mom to really dig back into the past and, uh, deal with that pain but you know what it, you know he said if it's if, if some somebody if one person comes to the lord over this or saves a marriage or you know can help shed some light on something he was willing to do it and that's just that's kind of the guy he is and uh so yeah it was it was difficult and it was really hard for us to watch i mean it's just hard to watch you know your your parents like my kids their grandkids you know uh it's hard for all of us to kind of watch watch through that pain that they went through hmm. yeah well until the story arc hits its peak and uh, the story's so well told. Uh, not only is it a great story, but it's well told. The screenplay and the acting are, they're lights out, man. I mean, the guy playing your dad has got the Louisiana accent down. God, I thought it was Phil a couple of times. He sounds, he could do voiceovers for Phil. He's from England. No way. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, he's good. He is, he's good, he's man. Not he's not even he, from America. Yeah. Isn't that amazing how those. Yeah. You know, really all the cast and how they put that, you know, how they, when they showed up and do what they do, it's just, it was amazing just putting that story. The hardest part, Dave, was to make it 
not rated R because Phil's life was really rated R. (laughs) It was hard to make make a faith-based movie about a guy who pretty much the whole movie has nothing to do with faith. So, uh, uh, but that's the gritty story, you know, that's yeah. where, that's where we all were, you know, we're all, we get ourselves in these situations and so, yeah, we just wanted it to be real and raw and honest and say, Hey, this, this was it. This is what life looked like. Movie comes out nine twenty eight, the 28th of September this week. It's called the blind and it's set in a duck blind, him, uh, talking to one of his friends who's asking him how he turned his life around. And then he, he takes you back through the history as he's telling his friend the story. And it is, uh, it's a great setup. A storytelling mechanism is absolutely good. And I'm blown away. This kid's from England. Cause I got to tell you, man, I thought he was a swamp guy. I really did. He, he, (laughs) he completely sold me. And when that preacher baptizes your dad in the movie, in the, in the swamp water, and he comes out, uh, screaming about Jesus and loving Jesus. I got tears running down my Mm. face. It was I emailed Willie, Ken, I said, I'm not crying. You are. Yeah. It's dusty. <laughs> dusty in here. Yeah. So, something, something in the allergies are bad this time of year. Yeah. But yeah. So I know, I know what Phil wants. Phil wants people to meet Jesus. That's Phil's whole thing in life. Everything he does is about that. And as you guys put all of this together, what was the overall goal for the film? I mean, really the number one was the same thing. I mean, we were wanting to, tell this story and Corey and I got into production really to tell stories. And, uh, we just saw the power that Doug Dynasty had. We just, we, I mean, just thousands of people telling us, you know, like what the, what the story meant, what the, what the TV show meant to them, the prayer at the end, just the, the dinner table, all that. And so we were like, Hey, we need to put more stories like this out. We didn't particularly, we're going to do our stories, but, we, but this was just such a story that <laughs> we decided to put this one out. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was our goal was just to, you know, save marriages, help people, and then and tell the story that, look, we're, we're no different. You know, I think you can see people on TV, and, and it looks like we've got it all together. It's like, oh, they don't have any problems, and they got money, and they got, you know, and we just wanted to show you, no, our life is just like yours. <laughs> having, and also, it's having you. spent time with the current version of Uncle Cy, seeing <laughs> the youthful version of Uncle Cy was mind-blowing. Ain't that fun? That's one of my favorite parts to see it because that's what I didn't get to see. You know, I didn't get to see that growing up. I didn't get to see young Uncle Si, little kid Uncle Si, and I thought those moments were real fun. And the moment with Bradshaw too, you know, because because Terry Bradshaw and Phil played at Tech together, and Terry told me that story—the story we have in there. Phil taking Terry fishing. Terry told me that story. He was doing autographs, and I—I I, I think I was like 13 years old. And he said, hey, let me tell you this story about what your dad did to me. And so we put that story in the movie, which is really fun. Yeah. And, and, and let's, let's not miss that, folks. If, if, if you didn't catch that, he's talking about the Hall of Famer, the legendary Terry Bradshaw and Phil hanging out together. Now, no, Phil was the quarterback. No, and I know. Terry was the backup. I know, but I'm saying and they're Phil, hanging Phil out quits together. To, he quits because he wants to duck hunt. Right. So Bradshaw <laughs> becomes the quarterback. Right. And Phil's duck hunting instead of in the NFL. How great is that? But just imagine those two having conversations. Uh, yeah, those but, are some characters. It, yeah, the, and the movie portrays it. Really I well. love All right, that. How do you get tickets and movie information for The Blind, Willie? Uh, yeah, you can go to, uh, the blind and find out more about it. You can purchase tickets now. Um, and you can rent whole theater. You can get together to the church and, you know, here's the deal guys. We only have a week in the theaters, you know, if it, if it does well, they'll, they'll keep it longer, obviously. And, um, uh, 
so I think we really got to make the statement, you know, the Hollywood and everybody else who makes movies and says, hey, these are the kind of movies. And we've seen such successful movies, you know, Juice Revolution, Sound of Freedom. There's been some great ones. So, uh, yeah, go support it. Yeah. All right. The movie is The Blind. Check it out at theblind.com. Uh, see you soon, my friend. Good luck with this and God's blessings on it. Thank you, buddy. See you soon. Be good. This is The Ramsey Show. Ken Coleman Ramsey personality is my co-host. Open for, again. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. On the debt-free stage is Scott and Rachel. Hey, guys. How are you? Let's try again. Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing great. How are you guys doing? Better than we deserve. Where do you live? We live in Laverne, California, which is just outside of Pasadena. All right. Very cool. Welcome to Nashville. And how much debt have you guys paid off? We paid off $377,708. All right. Wow. How long did this take? It took about five and a half years. Good for you. I love it. And your range of income during that time? Uh, well, we started at around 160. Um, I made a career change right at the end of 2019. COVID hit. I was a wedding planner. Nothing. Oh, no. <laughs> so we dropped to about 140, and then I picked up a ton of jobs so we increased back up to 220 working about seven jobs at one point Yo! Wow. That's are you sick. back to wedding planning Woo! now i am yes good thank yes. god better than seven jobs yeah wow yeah. <laughs> what kind of debt was the 378 um so about fifteen thousand was uh cars uh twenty thousand was credit cards and then another three hundred forty thousand was student loans wow yeah wow way Whoa. to go guys yeah. student loans galore yeah yep Wow. For what? Uh, I went to, uh, I'm a pharmacist, so uh, I went to pharmacy school, which was very affordable. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. And what And what did you pay? Well, how much of the student loans were yours? All of them? All, pretty much all pretty of them. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. 300000 for pharmacy school? With, uh, with the interest rates and everything, yeah. Yep. Holy, uh, <laughs> you got ripped off. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Well, congratulations. You're there now, and you got a good income. That's good. Yeah. So you plowed through this what happened five and a half years ago you got out of school got married and went oh my god <laughs> yeah so what's funny is um my parents put my brother and i through financial peace university in high school uh -huh. so i had the knowledge going into it um but we really didn't discuss finances until premarital and i realized we were not on the same page i had fbu in my back pocket scott did not um and he was against it so when we got married he came to me and said, I want a TV. I knew we couldn't afford it. And I actually went to my dad and I said, what do I do? Like, he wants this TV. I don't agree. And he was like, look, tell him if he'll do FPU with you, you can get the TV. Just, just make it that. And so he agreed. Dad is all about bribing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, he agreed. And by the second class, he was hooked. And no TV. Uh, no, we, we did, get, we the did get the TV. That was part of the that deal. Was, yeah. You, yeah. you the followed TV. You held her <laughs> to <laughs> it, Scott. Oh, I oh, like wow. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad was, it uh, wasn't a car. Yeah, yeah. I okay. was. Uh, to be honest, I was very skeptical. Um, I was not on board initially, even after the first class of FPU. I was like, yeah, we'll see. Like, let's see how this plays out. Um, and then the second class, uh, everyone had to total up their debt that they had, and we added it together as a class. 
And with my wife grasping my, like clutching my hand, I realized we had 90% of our class's debt. And so we needed to make a change. Oh, wow. So that hooked you. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Group shaming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how is this possible? Like, what? Whoa. We got a lot and we got almost all of it. Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> Just, wow. I have a relationship question on this, given how this has been set up. So when you realize that and you go, it's done, like how quickly do you tell her? Is it on the way out? Is it in the car? On the Is it at home? I, it was in the class it was in the car it was oh, the yeah. next day it was like continuous I'm conversation in. afterwards yeah. i'm in yeah, yeah. that's I'm awesome in. yeah yeah so when you flip the switch you flip the switch i was all in yeah afterwards that, those yeah. of us that are uh cynical i'm the same <laughs> way i have the gift of cynicism um i'm either all in or i'm all out yeah and so uh once i'm out i'm out and once i'm in i'm in yeah that's yeah. it yeah. yeah and it's it's game on yeah, yeah. there's no ish yeah, it's all, I, I either yep. think you're I either think you're selling snake oil or this is the best <laughs> thing since sliced bread. Yeah, yeah. once go. I started crunching the numbers, I was like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do this. Let's, let's, let's do game on. Game yeah. on. Let's go win the Super Bowl. So five and a half years later, you plow through your student yeah. loans. This is an ironic debt-free scream the mm. week before student loans so restart. True. Yep. Yeah. I mean, big Sunday, Black Sunday's coming. Yeah. Uh, this this Sunday's when they start back for everybody, and you've got a three hundred and seventy-eight thousand dollar story here yeah. that you yeah. guys plowed through and it was really your first order of business in the marriage right after a tv mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> priorities yeah well that's it <laughs> i guess it, i guess the tv came in handy because you guys didn't go out yeah. you were either working or sleeping or eating that yeah. was pretty much it yeah we still have the tv so I'm, we do. I'm grateful it's all, right. Lasted. all yeah. right that's a good move <laughs> wow good for you guys very very well done i'm proud of you excellent excellent stuff so what advice do you have to somebody that's got a big old pile of student loans and they're facing it for Sunday? Because this really is a week, honestly. We can joke around about it, but it's it's a scary week for a lot of people because yeah. they're having that realization that Biden is not coming and they're going to have to do this themselves. They signed up for it and they're going to have to pay it. Whether you agree with it or not doesn't matter. That's your reality. And folks are scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and uh, they're confused they're overwhelmed I, I mean that's a big old mountain that's mount everest three hundred seventy-eight thousand. you yeah. come out and you write that down you go have an oh crap moment mm-hmm. yeah. so what's your advice to somebody sitting where you were sitting five and a half years ago i think for me it's just having open communication about finances just being able to come to your spouse and just say you know what like this is what i need this is what's important to me this is what we need to start thinking about and just having that dialogue and being on the same page um, what helped us tremendously to, to be on that same page is having a monthly uh, budget meeting. Yeah. We sit down every single month, we go through our finances, we go through everything that's expected and potentially coming up and we're able to work through it. Yeah, and for me, um, it's funny, Jade was talking about it last week actually, is celebrating the small wins. Um, I know that the life cycle of getting out of debt's only supposed to be 24 to 48 months and ours was five and a half years and it's a long time to be under that amount of stress. And we tried to take every opportunity we could to just celebrate the small wins. Um, Mm -hmm. We made an Instagram page with our dog and we would form our payoff for the month in his kibble and he would then eat it. We'd film him eating it. it. We named him the debt-free dude because he's a doodle. So that was... uh, Love the doodles. Yep. And um, Scott was always really great about just finding little surprises to celebrate um when we got under 100k he set up this fake game show in our backyard with lights and i i 
fake balloons. money. <laughs> I had to throw a baseball to break the paper to see what our new balance was. It was, it was very elaborate. That's awesome. We had photos of it, but um, just celebrating that stuff because it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel if you aren't celebrating. Okay, real quick, that's brilliant. <laughs> and and because I've read a lot about, there's a lot of research on gamifying goals. Yeah. And yeah. that's what you guys did. And that really did help you get through each new hurdle because the brain goes, all right, we have something to look forward to in the midst of yeah. all this struggle. Yeah. That's really brilliant. I yeah. love that. that yeah. We had, I don't know, <laughs> eight different loans, eight different student loans. And Yikes. so every single time one, we were able to, to pay off one, it was like, okay, like, we're down one. We only have five left. Yeah. Okay, we have four left and so on. And so I think it helped a lot. And last thing, for anyone fighting that large of a mountain of debt, give yourself grace. Um, yeah. it, it's easy to get upset if you have a slower month or you feel like you're not moving as fast as you can and just know that you're not going backwards you yeah. keep going forward Way you will go, see guys. the light yeah. you yeah. guys are heroes yeah how's it feel Surreal. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> hey we've got the total money makeover book the baby steps millionaires book and the financial peace university membership for you to live or give in the live and give box way to go guys we're very proud of you scott and rachel pasadena california three hundred seventy-eight thousand paid off in five and a half years 160 to 220 count it down let's hear a debt-free scream Three, Three, two, two one. We're debt free! Yeah! I love it! Yes! It's amazing. This is the Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, 2 Chronicles 15, 7. But you take courage. Do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Herb Kelleher said, the world isn't going to shower gold coins on you just because you have a good idea. You're going to have to work like crazy to bring that idea to the attention of people. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Mark is in Cincinnati. Hey, Mark, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, great to be on here. Good to have you. How can I help? Uh, I just had a question about uh, building credit. Um, I just don't know where to start. Um, I'm currently a student. I'm 23 years old. I am graduating in three months debt-free. Um, I don't have any, like I said, I don't have any debt. I just don't know where to start with building credit. Why do you need to build to credit? Because uh, I'm trying to move out of my parents' house in, in the next three to six months. That doesn't require credit. Hmm. Um, okay. Well, from my, I don't know, because from my understanding, I know that most renters want a line of credit or not true. They at least want some kind of credit history. It's not true. That's a lie that your friends tell each other. Okay. Well, that's, that's why I'm here. I'm here to get some good yeah. advice. So here's the thing. Everybody says that in order, you have to have a credit score in order, order to rent an apartment, and yet we routinely will pick up the phone and call 10 apartment complexes in any given area and say, hey, I'm a student coming out of college. I have zero debt and zero credit. Um, will you rent to me? Nine out of 10 of them say yes. And yet all okay. of your friends tell each other that you have to go get a credit card to build up your credit because no one will rent to you. But the truth is, if you actually call 10 apartment complexes, 
Two of them might not, but so what? The other eight will. Some of them may require a slightly larger deposit, which you get back if you leave the place in good shape and pay your rent. But, you know, don't fall for the trap, Mark. The trap is is that you have to go build a FICO score, and the way you build a FICO score is you go in debt. Why do I do that? So that I can borrow money. Why do I go into, why do I borrow money so I can build my FICO score? Why do I build my FICO score so I can borrow money? Why do I borrow money so I can build my FICO score? Why do I build my FICO score so I can borrow money? And you, it's a dog chasing its tail, and suddenly you're an American making $100,000 a year, and 100% of your money goes out to some stupid butt bank because you worshiped at the altar of the great FICO and that's what your friends are doing and some of your par- their parents are doing but it's not smart and it's also not factual yeah well you, that's what my brother said he said that a credit score is just an i love debt score it sounds like he's been listening to the ramsey show <laughs> he has he's actually been on your show before <laughs> so what's your future look like you graduate then what yeah um well i graduate uh, in December, and then I'm actually going back to school for a second bachelor's, which I only have two classes left for. So by May of the next year, I'll have two bachelors, and then I'll be looking at master's program. What are you going to be doing for making money to be able to pay this rent? Uh, right now, I'm working uh, full time, and then I'm all, I also uh, work kind of part time as an independent contractor, uh, doing group counseling sessions because that's my that's what I'm going to school for. I'm going to be a uh, addictions counselor. Okay. So you're going to get your master's so you can get licensed in the state of Ohio. Good for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm already I'm already licensed as an addictions counselor in the state of Ohio. I'm going for a. They don't require a, a master's counseling. No. Uh, so the way I did it, um, you you just need a, a master's for higher uh, credentials, which is that that's what I'm going for. So why the second bachelor's? Uh, just because it's only two classes left. And, okay, uh, got you. I see. Right, you just got to check it, it it's, off. It's within reach. Yeah, okay, that yeah. makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. Right. And, and so the, the I'm just curious. I'm not questioning whether it's right or not because I just don't know. Uh, but the second master's higher credentials enables you to do what that you can't do now as a licensed therapist. Uh-huh. So it's just, um, so right now I'm, licensed as an addictions counselor mm-hmm. uh but i want to be i want to go into mental health counseling which requires a higher mm-hmm. level of schooling and that does a require a master's that does require so, a master's yeah, that's that's what i want to go into i mean they won't give you the license without goal. the master's is what you're saying right so eventually okay. my big goal in, in five to ten years is to found and, and own my own uh counseling kind of uh organization and good, to provide good for you. Uh, okay. holistic yeah, good for mental you. health and addiction counseling to people that are struggling. I love that you're working in the field while you're going to love get the master's. That. Love that. That's a beautiful path. It's going gonna, it's gonna to equip you beyond what you realize. Not only are you making the money to pay for everything, yeah. but it's going to equip you. Very well done, Mark. Very well done. And one other small practical thing to consider, Mark, it may not be right for you, but being single, you're working a lot, schooling, Maybe getting a roommate for that first apartment uh, will also help solve that perceived problem as well. Get in, save a little bit of money. You're still renting. You're out on your own. But that's an option and something to think about. Cuts the cost down. Yeah. Beverly's in Dallas. Hi, Beverly. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? 
Well, I'm a little bit different than a lot of your callers. I'm 74 years old. And I wish to goodness I'd started listening to you 20 years ago, but I didn't, so I'm starting today. Okay. Um, I have about $32,000, to be exact, mm-hmm. in uh, credit card debt. Mm-hmm. And I know that I want to get busy in, as you say, gazelle-like and paying that off. Mm-hmm. But I also have $57,623 left on my house. Mm-hmm. Dave, I'm 74 and I'm in good health. I want to pay off all this credit card debt, but is it okay if I just continue making payments on my house while I'm still young enough and healthy enough to travel and do things and then pay for it? I mean, obviously, yeah. continue making payments, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but the, the you know the more stable your last your the 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 sooner your house is paid off, the more stable your last years will be. Right. And so um, that's the trade-off. Uh, obviously, you need to clean the credit card debt up before we talk about travel. Right. Okay. But right. Uh, and do you have any money? Um. I do. I I am um, I'm retired and um I have like 425,000 in um a, an annuity with a it's a fixed indexed annuity with a lifetime rider. Yeah, pay both the, pay both the loans off tomorrow. Do what? Pay both <laughs> the loans off tomorrow. Okay. Out of that annuity. Um, and I have um about forty thousand dollars in stocks, uh, Textron yeah. and Computer Share stocks. Okay, I would cash that out and pay, and, and then take a little more out of the annuity, and um, and make sure you have an emergency fund set aside, and you're a hundred percent debt free by the end of the week. No mortgage, no credit cards. Cut up the credit cards, Beverly. It's time for plastic surgery, not because you're seventy four, but because you use credit cards. Well. Here's I haven't used those credit cards in about three years. Good, then I cut them up. My my sister to help me, mm-hmm. and at the time I asked her to help me, I had about twenty three thousand dollars in credit card debt, and her suggestion was to get a credit card and have all my bills just go to that. And so your sister's and, not very good at this. Well, there she and her husband are millionaires, which is why I asked well, them her, for her, their help. Well, her theory took you from 23 to 32, okay. so her idea sucks. Yeah, <laughs> for me it sure did. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> for me it sure you need did. to cut up the credit cards completely, get you okay. a debit card like I use and like Ken uses. And a debit and card is you have, to, you have to only spend money that you have, chop up mm-hmm. all the credit cards into little bitty pieces Take out that so stocks and enough out of the annuities to pay off your mortgage and your credit cards this week. Be living on a budget where you don't spend more than you make and you never grow any debt back and travel the world and have a wonderful life. We're so glad you called. Wow, that was easy. Yeah, good for her having that money set aside. There it is. She's going to feel so much better about traveling tomorrow morning. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. 
Hey, it's Ken. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey baby steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.